welcome to the Pastured Pig Podcast, where we share the successes and challenges of raising pigs on pasture. We talk to producers all over the country, from small homesteads to large commercial pasture operations. Whether you're new to pastured pigs or have been raising hogs for decades, we hope you hear new ideas and new perspectives on pasturing hogs. Here's your host, Troy McClung. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. This is actually the 100th episode. Everybody go, yay! Ah, applause, applause. You know, if I wasn't cheap, I would buy some nice sound effect here to drop that in. <laughs> but no, this is our 100th episode, and uh, that's a pretty big benchmark. I've I got to say, I wasn't surprised. If, I, I, I was very surprised. I wasn't sure I could make it this far. A, that I would have enough. Um, ability to stay focused on something. I'm kind of a squirrel when it comes to um, projects and moving on to different things. If you watch our channel, you see that because of all the unfinished projects I have. But uh, that and just, uh, of course, running out of content. But you guys have done a great job keeping me going with content, whether it's ideas or just coming on for interviews. Um, Really appreciate that. So uh, I just want to take this time to just stop and say thank you to all y'all that have listened, all of you that have given us feedback and especially those of you all that have decided to sponsor us with Patreon support. So that $5, $10, and $15, whichever you choose to do a month, has just helped dramatically, and it's allowed me to justify, A, taking as much time as it takes to do a podcast, but also covering some of the expenses. And again, as we had had promised in our rollout of those membership positions, that once we reach a certain point, we'd have our website, then we'd have our directory. So we're we're you know, keeping along with that. There's more that I want to do. Just have to, of course, uh, find the time and dedicate the resources to doing that. But anyway, let's uh, get on. Uh, talking uh, in the same lines of talking about Patreon, we had a really good uh, all members live chat last week, and we recorded that, and that's available in the Patreon wall. But uh, I think we had as many as, I think there's seven of us total. And we had a really good discussion that kind of centered around feed handling and storage and how we manipulate feed to and from, buying in bulk and all that type of stuff. Had some really good ideas. In fact, Chuck shared, uh, Chuck Lewis from Sheridan Park Farms shared um, one of the systems he uses and I uh, was really intrigued by that. In fact, I'm Chuck, I'm looking into those. So I may be, uh, I may be ordering some of those. I, I like those uh, setups. So, if you want to be a part of that, of course, just uh, all you have to do is support Patreon for uh, for the lowest amount, and you can be involved in the uh, all-tier, all-group chat. Uh, we do that about once a quarter, and we'll, so we'll have another one coming up this spring. Um, as far as, uh, yeah, I, I, what else do I have on my list? My list, I have our Facebook group. Man, it has really been taken off here in the last week or so. I'm getting requests faster than I can respond to them. Um and uh, I got to say, there's an opportunity there, just as anything online, for people to take advantage of that. So we've had some um, squatters. We've had some people trying to do ungodly and unnatural things on our group that have uh, had to weed out. So if you all are in that group and you see somebody selling uh, timeshares or trying to get you to apply for a job or something like that, please just let me know. Notify me and we'll, we'll burn that as quickly as possible and ban those people. But um, if you've asked to join legitimately and you have not answered the question correctly, 
then I'm going to not accept you. So if you d choose not to answer the question, I won't accept you. If you answered incorrectly, I won't accept you. Now I know it's not very fair for somebody just starting out. They may not know the answer to the question. And you may think, Troy, what is the question? Well, the question is, what do you call a mama pig or a female? I don't even remember what the heck I wrote. Yeah, what do you call a female pig who has had a litter of piglets? And you would be surprised the answers I get. Uh, but there's a simple answer to that. And if you're listening to this podcast and you've already made it four and a half minutes in, then I know you're not a squatter. And I know you're not trying to, uh, to do bad things to the, um, to the group, at least to say. But the answer is sow, everyone. Sow. So a, a female pig that has had a litter is called a sow. Not a guilt. Not a mama. Not some of these other crazy answers. But it's funny. It's, I can see by the details of people asking to join the group, when they put the wrong answer, then I can actually look at the profile. It's like, oh, okay, that person's obviously not even around here, and they're just trying to do, trying to get access so they can do bad things. So uh, that's why we're doing that. But I know that's not going to completely block people. As soon as somebody um, in that entire community figures out what the correct answer is, and I won't be able to identify who's uh, who's up to no good and who isn't. But uh, again, just ask for your help to weed those people out. Just send me a note. Uh, tag me in that group, and we'll make sure we get them flushed out of there. But uh, some good discussion going on there, and I think we're creeping up over 500 members now, so pretty cool. All right, well, today, I thought this was, uh, in my mind, it seemed like this was going to be perfect timing to say 100th episode, let's get Carl Blake on here to be our 100th episode guest. It just seemed fitting. And you guys may wonder, well, Troy, what's your connection to Carl? Well, I, I've never met Carl personally, but when I started the podcast and tried to get the word out about what we are doing here, Carl graciously let me use his platform, his group, uh, Pastured Pigs for Meat and Profit Facebook group, which is like 15, 14, 15,000 members. And he graciously allowed me to promote the podcast on there. And I really attribute that opportunity to just getting the traffic and the podcast growing as quickly as it did. Um, so I, I feel indebted to Carl. I appreciate his um, his help and helping me in that. Uh, I think it's funny, Carl, Carl may come off a little abrasive. Some of you guys may pick up on that and think he's a little abrasive, but he's just passionate about what he does. And so you have to take that abrasiveness with a... Uh, yeah, with a grain of salt. He's he's passionate about what he does. He wants to see people succeed, and um, he's he's actually very sacrificial when it comes to that. So, so if he if he you've happened to be on the on the opposite end of of his abrasiveness, just know he's doing it because he loves you, right? He just wants to see you succeed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, well, without further ado, oh, the whole point in saying that is so I thought it was a great idea to have Carl on here for the 100th, but we actually recorded this podcast episode right before Christmas. So that's, in Carl's world, that is, the, that is the variation of years and years of things that have passed, transpired, because what he's going to talk about in this, in this episode are things that he's rolling out. Well, they've been out, and now he's, he's ready to do the next wave of things rolling out. So I can't keep up. My, my recording schedule cannot keep up with the innovation that Carl is doing in our industry. So that just shows you how much this cat's got stuff going on and how he stays busy. So uh, one of these days when I grow up, I want to be able to be as energetic as he is. So I'm going to jump right into his discussion, but just know that what you're going to hear is still all valid information. It's stuff that is out there and readily available, but you may want to check out his website to see what else he's got cooking. All right, let's talk to Carl. Carl. 
Good morning, Troy. Welcome. All right. I appreciate your uh, having me on the show. I appreciate you coming back, man. That's great. So, um, goodness, yeah, we could obviously uh, dive right into things, but for people that maybe are new to the podcast, don't know who Carl is, um, Carl has a, a very storied history in the pastured pig world, and not only he is a um, a raiser or a breeder, uh, he's got uh, you know, credited of being on national television when talking about pigs. He's got a restaurant. He produces products. There's just all kinds of things that Carl's got going on. So if you have any questions about who Carl is, we won't spend much time getting into that because you can go back to some of our old podcast episodes or you can just Google him. But um, we're going to talk about what he's got going on right now because he's got about 5,000 uh, pans in the fire. But but I want to talk specifically about a new product he's rolling out, his his freezers. And I think that's that's just an incredible uh, product to offer to us small farmers who are, are moving a lot of our product around to go to either uh, farmers markets or, or pop-up markets, those type of things. So Carl, first of all, tell us a little bit about this new product that you guys have rolled out. Well, <clears throat> the neat thing is, is that uh, all of the crazy stuff that I've been involved in, in terms of, you know, starting our own pig breed and, recreating one and doing all kinds of crazy things like that. Uh, helping farmers has been one of our, uh, our number one uh, aspirations for, you know, since we started any of this stuff. But uh, the group that we have, uh, Pasture Pigs for Meat and Profit, was, was uh, developed specifically to help farmers uh, develop their pigs to make profit, to try to stay in business, to be, uh, to be in business next year to be able to help out all the newbies that want to come along because the only way we're going to be able to beat this pork industry is, is in mass numbers. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that there are so many successful pig farmers out there now doing, uh, doing just that, that, uh, I'm really proud of the fact that we've been able to enhance, uh, their, uh, their operations. And one of the things we do is, uh, I've developed a lot of, uh, tools, a lot of things I make the uh, I make a specific tool that helps castrate pigs. Mm, yeah. I mean, I got a lot of women that use that, and they just can't believe how easy it is and how how, how well it really helped them. And uh, you know, they went from eight hours of castrating pigs down to thirty minutes, and and they're so excited because they were able to get it done by themselves. Uh, but we make I make a lot of other tools too, uh, you know, accessories and things that for the farmer, and. Uh, uh, the the biggest problem we had when we started doing pigs was how do we get them how do we transport them how do we get them back and forth to you know to uh to the processing center how do we get them to the farmer's market what's the best way to display our our, our meat besides having it in a you know with the advent of covid you don't want people diving around inside your uh, your freezer chest uh looking for uh you know a set of pork chops so, you know, one of the, the biggest problems we had was trying to make it cool. So my, my evolution was I kept looking for, you know, I built, a, I built a special box. It was really heavy, but I built it. It would hold six whole pigs, and it would fit in the back of my truck. It was, we had a, uh, uh, a uh, lift that would take it right out of the truck. I mean, there was all these things I built to try to solve this problem, and you know the the standard uh, saw uh, resolution is to 
take a, uh, a freezer, chest freezers, and load them all up on a flatbed and take them all to a farmer's market, then try to plug them all in. Uh, you know, there was, there's all these ways, but then <clears throat> now we see that there are actually farmer's markets in the country that are telling farmers they can't bring chest freezers anymore. Mm. That's not a valid uh, method of displaying the meat and, and, and holding it for them. And, and they're, and it, so they're making it even harder for us to try to do the business that's already hard enough to do. Right. So what I've done is, uh, I finally, uh, I finally came across a box that was being made that it's called the Blue Cube. It's uh, four foot by four foot by five foot. It has about twenty-seven cubic feet of uh, of space in it. But the cool thing is. It's 110. You can plug it in with an inverter into 110. Or you can plug it right into your vehicle, right into your 12-volt, and it'll keep your meat at minus 10 below. Hmm. Wow. Uh, we, I've, got, I've, I've gotten them, and I've been testing them and tearing them apart and making sure that we know what all the parts are. And, and uh, so what we've done is we've been collecting – uh, spare parts. We've been collecting boxes. We've been building this up so that we could offer a solution to not only <clears throat> this blue cube. It's not like a, it's not like a chest freezer. It's not like any of the other freezers uh, because it actually has uh, slides or or uh, or uh, shelves in the inside, so you can put pork chops on the top, chicken on the second row. You know, uh, beef on the third row. You can put, you know, all your other specialty meats and stuff on the fifth and sixth row. But the neat thing is, it slides right into an SUV. Yeah. You can put this thing right into an SUV and plug it in, turn it on, and you got an instant freezer in your SUV. You can put it in the back of your truck. It's got special uh, detents in it just for a uh, uh, for a uh, skid loader. Mm. Pick that thing up any way you want. Turn it around. Uh, put it in your vehicle, take it out of your vehicle. Uh, you could put hooks on it, lift it in and out. There's so many different ways to make it so that uh, it's convenient for the farmer. Yeah. And so uh, it's it it's got an, an amazing system in it. That thing gets fat, cold so fast, and it's it's below zero. Yeah. So you keep all your meats in there. So that that begs the question of you know of some of the thoughts and questions we have. Well, gosh, you know, this is great for farmers because they can take it to farmer's markets. They're stackable. You could have two, three, four of them if you wanted to. You can stack them all in the vehicle. Um, but the neat thing is, if you wanted to, as a farmer, you could take these boxes and lease them out. You buy a box, you fill it up with meat, you take it down to one of your uh, one of your vendors. You've got a grocery store, for instance, or a, or a restaurant. Well, rather than having to have all this extra freezer, cold storage space or whatever, you could drop one of these right off, full of your meat. As soon as it's empty, you bring back a new one for meat. All you got to do is just keep a steady stream of meat going to these people. Um, the boxes are, are uh, designed to be, uh, they're, they're really they're really rugged. It's made out of a plastic, but it's also injected with close full insulation. So it's, mm -hmm. it's got an R factor of R24. Oh, wow. So it's very cold, keeps your materials in there very cold for a long period of time. Um, but with 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 that in mind, uh, you know, 
since uh, I do this stuff, I mean, I'm doing constantly doing something new all the time. Uh, what I've done. Sorry, Carl. I'm I'm losing. I mean, it's built a, a walking cooler. Okay. Hey, I, I got I got to interrupt you. I, you 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 dropped out on me there for a second. So if you wouldn't mind, oh. just back up to where you said uh, you got stuff going on and you're getting ready to, to kind of talk about your next point there. If you could back up to that real quick. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, the the next point is that what we did is uh, um, we've gone one step further mm -hmm. in that just we have this cube. And it's uh, it's available for farmers. You can buy them right now. Uh, but the thing is, we went one step further, and now I have the equipment, the evaporators, and the condensers, and uh, uh, ten, uh, twelve volt and one ten volt, two twenty. Uh, but we can take these things, and we can take a. Let's say you decide to build a. Uh, uh, you you want to build a do-it-yourself kit. A uh, freezer out in your back, a walk-in freezer outside, or a walk-in cooler. Mm -hmm. Well, we could give you all the equipment and supplies, and and tell you exactly how to do it. We can you can add the the evaporator, the cooler right to it, and plug it in, and boom, you got a walk-in cooler. You don't have to do the cool bot thing. You don't have to do any of that stuff. We can actually help you take and retrofit a walk-in cooler of any size or style that you want, uh, and make it a cooler as well. So it doesn't have to be a freezer, uh, but we could do both. Now, uh, we also have other boxes that are bigger, that are larger. Uh, let, for instance, we've actually taken um, and converted semis over, uh, converted vans into freezers. Uh, so we, we have a lot of options now to be able to help and assist uh, the farmer in any number of ways to try to help solve this problem of, of, of maintaining their meat. So, and I want to tell everybody, this is really key, Troy, that um, you don't look at the meat as just being meat in your freezer. It's your savings account. Right. right. Your meat that's stored in that freezer is your savings account. And that's what you're going to be making your money off of for the next six, seven, eight months or a year or whatever it is. That is your savings account. So the minute that savings account takes a hit, which I will tell you personally, I had a freezer. I had boys helping me and the, the boys weren't very, uh, the boys weren't very good at it. Left the doors open. Uh, it was a problem. Mm. Yeah. Uh, That's a big loss. They, uh, my, I lost, you know, I lost $8,000 worth of turkeys and about $10,000 worth of pork. Because he left the door open, yeah, and we didn't uh, we didn't go and get any more out of there for at least a week, and by that time everything was totally destroyed, and and so that led to another revelation where all of our freezers and all of our stuff comes with a uh, option to buy um, a unit that is hooked to the internet, and it can be hooked to anything, uh, your phone, it can be hooked to any Wi-Fi. It's an actual true Wi-Fi client connects up and it actually tells you if your freezers are not cold if they're cold it tells you what they're uh and, and it tracks their uh um their cold temperatures throughout the day that is awesome so uh good morning troy 
Welcome. All right. I appreciate your uh, having me on the show. I appreciate you coming back, man. That's great. So, um, goodness, yeah, we could obviously uh, dive right into things, but for people that maybe are new to the podcast, don't know who Carl is, um, Carl has a, a very storied history in the pastured pig world, and not only he is a um, a raiser or a breeder. Uh, he's got uh, you know, credited of being on national television when talking about pigs. He's got a restaurant. He produces products. There's just all kinds of things that Carl's got going on. So if you have any questions about who Carl is, we won't spend much time getting into that because you can go back to some of our... Mated with a purebred Michon. Mm-hmm. And these pigs are turning out phenomenal. And we've got more than three or four dozen now that are out there producing these Black Beauties um, and I started them clear back in 2007. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the thing was, is that I, I felt like I had a, um, I mean, I've still raised them, but I have other people. There's so many people raising them now. It's phenomenal, but they're doing very, very well out there selling that as a pig. That's not a Berkshire. That's not a Hampshire. That's not a, you know, all these different pigs and breeds. It's, it's none of those. It's something totally new. And so chefs are really, really into that kind of a thing. Um, and, and they, they want to try it. Then once they try it, they're hooked because, you know, it, it's really, really a good pig. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good pig for those people to start off with and start making money. You know, I mean, they can go out and get all the Burks you want, but a Burke is only, you know, it's a good pig, but it's not a great pig. Mm. You know, we, we want great pigs and, uh, we want a great pig and, and a great pig has two sides to the coin. One is that it's either, it's good for the farmer because the farmer can make money. And it's great for the chef and the, and the end customer that wants to eat it. Um, it's not like, say, the Mangalitza, which is really, you know, that's really good. It tastes great and everything, except it has a one-inch loin eye. It's slow to grow. It takes two years. On the farmer side of things, it doesn't work. Mm. You can't raise enough Mangalitzas to make money on them. Mm. There's not a possible way. You can't make money on a pig that takes two years to grow. Unless you spend a couple million dollars to get them up and get them into a chain and get them to start producing but even then, the most the fun showed us that they were losing $5 million a year on a pig like that. Well, we're not into losing $5 million a year. <laughs> yeah. That's not what we're here for, man. We're here to be here for the long run to make sure that we can continue on having good, marketable products to eat and have good, healthy products to eat. And, and, and that give us, a, I mean, you know, all of us are, 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 are uh, products of, of all this crap of, uh, you know, um, eating the wrong kind of fat, polyunsaturated fats. And, and, you know, we're, we're all kind of at the mercy of all these people now producing all these animals, but we're trying in our little bitty corner of the world. And just like you are, Troy, I mean, you're, you're kicking ass with your podcast and you're reaching a lot of people. I mean, I'm really surprised. Um, and that's why I really, I really, uh, I appreciate the work that you're doing too, because you took your little niche and, and, uh, you're kicking it in high gear and, and you're standing right up there and, and, and doing a lot of things that I think are really, really important. And oftentimes we don't get a chance. I don't get a lot of chance in our group to answer questions, you know, more than two or three, four or five sentences and I'm done mm. um, because I'm so busy trying to do other things. Right. I mean, like right now we're building commercial cold storage. We're putting in over 11,000 square foot of cold storage space because what is your cold storage? It's your savings account. Yeah, We are producing, one of the things we're doing is taking like uh, roaster pigs. We're going to be ro- sending roaster pigs all over the United States. 
And what we're doing is we're taking all those roaster pigs, putting them together, and we freeze them. We process them at one time. We take them in and we freeze them and we put them in a lot and we hang them right in our, right in our freezer. Mm. And that way we have pigs all year round. And then we're, we're taking in our, our Wagyu beef along with our Iowa Swabian Hall pig and we're mass producing them um, in the forest, the forest mast and acorns. They're acorn fed. And these pigs all coming up are being processed 40, 50 a month. And then what we do is we, we put them right into our freezers and that banks it. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to deal with, then we're going to go deal with the, the, our, our restaurants, our restaurant chains, our distribution chains and all the others where we can provide them with a consistent supply of high quality meat, high quality fat, high quality, uh, um, uh, blood red products. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and we're banking right here in our, our cold storage. And what we've discovered is that there's a lot of other people that want to do the same thing. So we're taking on and, and, and adding cold storage on a monthly basis. We're adding a new freezer almost every month now. Wow. That's so, uh, so I think it's a, we're moving ahead and we're really trying to, uh, you know, build a, um, should I say, uh, build a, a whole system from we raise the cows and the pigs to the end customer and we eliminate all of the middlemen all of them there's no middlemen between us when you when you get our when you get a when you get a pork chop from me that pork chop comes from us our growers are raising that pig goes to the processor i get it here we turn around sell it to you we don't have anybody else in between we don't have any cold storage we don't have any we have the processor but the only thing we're going to be using the processor for in the oncoming months, we're building our own processing facility now mm. so that we can bring in uh, holes or halves or, or pieces of pigs come in and then they get diced into anything the chefs want. And our pro- but we're not going to do, we're not going to do the kill part, uh, the kill and chill. Mm. Um, we're having some, we have others do the, the, the slaughtering and this kill and chill, but we bring it in and turn it into real products. Our value add products are smoking and stuff as well as um, smoking and uh, curing and whatever, uh, and our processing center. So when the meat comes in there, the processing center either goes left to get smoked and uh, brined, or it goes right into the freezer, and then it goes to the end customer. Yeah. But we don't have any middle people slurping, slurping and sucking off the profits <laughs> that you're trying to make. Right. So, you know, which, which increases, increases your cost, because you have these kind of people that are in there sucking off your profits. Well, we don't have to, we don't have to rely upon that, you know? So, um, it, it's, and it's been a long road to hoe. I'm telling you that, but I was so happy two weeks ago, we put $110,000 worth of meat in our storage facility. Goodness. Yeah. That. It's progress, Bubba. That's, that's getting her done. That is getting it done, man. And and what I lo- what it just blows my mind. So yeah, I, I love everything you said there about eliminating the middleman, and that gives you full control, no surprises. Nobody's gonna, you know, uh, so, you know, crow hop you in the middle of the night saying, hey, we're going to increase our our costs by this much, and you've got to eat that. But but you're going even one step further, right? With with the restaurant, so you're not only producing food for people to. Uh, you know, giving it to an end user so they can prepare it. But you're actually, you've got a, a physical location where you have, like you said, you're smoking meat. People can come in and actually dine at your facility. Is that correct? Yes, yes. That's uh, that's probably the thing because, you know, like out of all the things I do, 
one of the coolest things I love to do is cook food for people. Yeah. Cause it's immediate gratification. You know, if you, if you take a bite of, of, of a steak or, or a, a pork steak that I made and I can tell on your face instantly whether you like it or not. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's like, Oh yeah, you like that. Awesome. You know, this instant gratification and you know, if you've done something right or wrong and it's easy to find out real quick. But the thing is, in our little diner, we have a little diner. It's, it's 16 people. It's not real huge. Um, but we have a, an old hickory smoker. And um, I've been smoking stuff since I was like five years old. So, I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been doing it a long, long time. And, and uh, I was so happy. I got a $32,000 old hickory smoker that has all the bells and whistles. And I'm telling you what, boy, can that make a that, – that, that thing just made everything different. Yeah. Um, the, the quality is unbelievable. And so when what we do is we actually have a store, the front, the storefront is, um, and if you look at any guns in, in St. Louis, any guns and then the smokehouse, it's two buildings right there. Or it's two, it's one play. It's one building with two places in it. And it's unbelievable. I mean, I give Lou Rook a huge amount of, uh, of, of kudos for building such a wonderful place. But we're, we're, I, I, I want to emulate him, you know. Uh, emulation is a serious form of flattery, I think. But right. I'm trying to emulate some of what he does in that the front of our building has all these frozen meats, our pork, beef, and chicken, mm-hmm. our Wagyu, Iowa Swabian Hall, and then our own chicken that we have that's free range. And those are all produced right here. And we get them frozen, and you can walk in, and, and you can buy a steak right on the shelf. Yeah. But we also have a fresh counter where you can go in and you can get a fresh stick. You can get a fresh ribeye right there. $35 a pound ribeye right there on the spot. Mm. Um, but then I also have the ability to make all this pulled pork and the brisket and the sandwiches. And well, we make a heck of a Reuben. Um, we, we make all this stuff right there, right? You walk in, you, it's made right in front of you. And um, And what's neat is that we are now getting offers from others all over the United States that want to be able to take our meats and supply their stores and, and, and do something similar. Um, and that's been, that's been, uh, we got four of them right now on, on the plate getting ready to, to open up come spring. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, that's the epitome of value added. Like you said, <clears throat> the fact that somebody can come in, they can dine there so they can have that full dining experience and then they walk out and say, man, that was the best pork chop or that was the best brisket I ever had. And they see there in the freezers, well, you can buy that brisket and take it home and, and do your best to recreate that. And, and man, you talk about you talk about a destination location when it comes to your marketing. It's come experience it, but then also take it home so you can keep the experience alive. It's that's that's a great setup, man. Love it. Well, that destination, that idea of a destination. Yes, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. When people came. Uh, people from Korea flew all the way over here to go to a little place um, called the Lincoln Cafe in Mount Vernon, Iowa, to try my pig. That was a destination. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. that was a destination. <laughs> but those people spent three days after they had my pork there, prepared by by Chef Steigerwald. Um, they paid people to find me so that they could personally tell me <laughs> it was the best pork they ever put in their mouth. And that was the only English that they knew. Right. Okay. I had someone teach it to them so they could tell me that personally. And I tell you what, that's, that's, uh, that's sat in my, I mean, uh, that's actually sat on my <laughs> things to never forget because 
that kind of tells me, you know, that that's that right there is is a, is a lesson in a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. But but the thing is, making us a destination for people to come and try our pork. What I learned um, was that the chefs were burning our pigs because they burn at a lower they they cook at a lower temperature mm. because it's a monounsaturated fat. We have a whole lot of things, specialty things about our pigs, but the chefs kept burning them. So one of the things I wanted to do, that's why I developed the American Hot Box, was to make it so you can't burn the pig. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and, and we, could, we could provide the pig as we want. We could put the pig out there and demonstrate it as we wanted it to be as opposed to a burnt pig. And they go, well, that wasn't very good. So that's one of the neat things that's really pushed everything that I've done towards this. And now we have this neat little restaurant and, you know, we provide the best brisket we can do. And, you know, we're providing Wagyu brisket and uh, it's, it's, it's coming along really, really well. And, and I think this, this next spring is going to be huge for us um, in, in terms of the store. And when we open up other stores across the country. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's great. So, so I got to ask you this, cause I just think it's fantastic. A great storyline. And, and did you, do you ever think, do you look back and think, you as a country boy, do you ever think you'd be at this spot? I mean, did, did, did you think you had this vision years ago, or do you think things have just fallen in place, that maybe it's Providence that's led you to this point? <laughs> Let me put it this way. Um, I was a computer engineer my entire life, so I spent most of my time in a suit and a tie, tracing down, tracking down problems in, you know, 17 acres with 77,000 computers and, you know, crazy stuff like that. Right. Um, so when I went – so – you know, I, I had a, a horrible accident in 2007 and, and that was, uh, I hit a culvert head on at 60 miles an hour and, mm. and, uh, uh, it broke my neck, my back and a whole bunch of other things that are unmentionable. But, um, the thing is, is that, did I ever think that I would ever be known for pigs? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I was, I invented a few Apple products. I made the uh, Mac aquarium which was uh, making aquariums out of old Macintosh computers, which I have a whole bunch here still. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, as proof of what I've done. But uh, the thing is, I, did I ever see, think myself as having anything to do with, no. No, I had no idea. Yeah. And so what I did was, and, I, and I'm going to say this, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there. Some people don't believe in God. Other, people's, other people do. Some people think it's fate, kismet, or whatever. But I, I'm pushed down this road, and now or why I'm just doing what I, you know, I'm just doing what I think I'm being told to do or pushed to do, mm -hmm. and uh, I just keep going. I don't stop or slow down. And and uh, quite frankly, I had my 59th birthday last month, and uh, Jesus, I can't believe I'm almost 60 years old, <laughs> and I don't feel like it because you know, like, you know. Uh, Courtney and others, they always act like I'm like 19 or 17 years old still. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, but you know, I think all guys are like that. I'm yeah. not sure any of us really grow up, right? But I'm not going to accept getting old. I, I, um, I continue working on this every single day. Um, like right now, in the last five days, you wouldn't believe all the stuff we got done. Uh, but commercial cold storage is coming up and all these other things that are just all keys, parts, and parcels. Of, of the keys to trying to make um make the middle the middle-sized farmer um come alive yeah make yeah. profit go out there and make a dent go out there and provide better food um you know show the families what it, what 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 farming is all about and 
you know, raising their own food now. And right now with veggies and everything else being so high. Yeah. You bet. Am I going to do some really cool stuff this, uh, this spring with, um, with, uh, veggies and things like that? You bet I am. I, I designed a thing called the American fodder box, hmm. which allows us to grow feed for the animals. And, uh, we can grow, you know, literally tons of feed in, in a seven day cycle. And I now have some, uh, I now have some growing units that I use hydroponically that we use to like grow pot plants. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we, we can grow 10, 20, 30 pot plants at home. Mm-hmm. You know, these are great little devices. They grow, you know, they grow fast. They, they, um, it's really kind of neat, but I, you know, I, my expectation is that I would like to have people be completely off the grid in terms of their own veggies and everything else that they personally use. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's eliminating the middle middle person. I don't ever want to get a tomato from Florida ever again as long as I live. <laughs> right. You know, that's just yeah. bullshit. That's depressing. And exactly. I mean, I can grow some tomatoes, man. I grew I when I had my accident, I grew literally 3000 tomato plants and people were taking tomatoes out of there by the by the by the um, by the garbage bag full in the backs of their trucks. I had to give it away because I couldn't sell it all. Right, right. So, you know, I mean, uh there's there, there's a lot of these things that we can do to help some of the farmers out and and people that don't want to really be into the you know the hardcore farming part of it maybe they want to be just uh you know they want to just grow a few things and, and do do some and do some work those guys out yeah yeah some self-sufficiency opportunities there i think are fantastic absolutely yeah. absolutely well i want to i want to be cognizant of your time but i, I want to ask you one more thing and and actually this comes back to um, uh, when we had this scheduled, I posted on the pastured pig for meat and profit group to say, Hey, we got Carl coming on and now's the time to throw some questions at me. And, and what's interesting, the questions, there were several questions, good questions that came in, but they all came back to, to feed. And this is what you mentioned uh-huh. the fodder system. And I think right now, if you could just take a brief second to explain this time of year for most of us in, um, in the United States, of course, we're going into a dormant period. So we're dealing with a pastured animal, you know, raised in the woods, all those type of things. So forage is going to be diminished a bit and we still want to keep that pork flavor up. We want to have that nice, uh, all the nutritional value that comes from a pastured hog. So talk about the fodder system and why that's such a good fit for a dormancy season um yeah basically but obviously you know it's it's not just at that period but why is it why would it be so important to have a fodder system right now this time of year well here's a real key thing to think about it's really really it's, it, it can be difficult to, to look at it all and say wow you know I, there's just too much information what you need to do is think about changing the paradigm you take the animals to the pasture Okay, you take them out and you put them on the pasture and then you seed it. You're hoping that whatever comes up is nutritionally dense enough that they get something out of it and boom, you're doing your thing. Well, imagine taking that paradigm. Uh, this, well, that's just the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. To rather than them out there eating everything that's going, that, that's, that's, that's hitting it out in the field, all of a sudden now you're bringing them uh, uh, a highly dense, highly nutritious, very tasty pasture to them every day, every single day. Yeah. Keep in mind that you now have the pasture. Your first paradigm is picking out to the pasture. We've actually seen animals go out there and try to eat that pasture and they still die because die of starvation because there wasn't enough 
nutrients in what they're trying to eat. And you'll see one set of cows be skinny as heck and another set of cows not be. You'll see sheep that look like they look like they're mangy mutts. And and then you look into the next fodder, uh, next uh, uh, farm, and all of a sudden you get these beautiful lambs and these sheep that just look like unbelievably good and find out that they're being raised on fodder. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, if you can bring that fodder is nutritionally dense from the minute you serve it to until it's eaten okay it's not like it's a dry thing it's not dead like alfalfa is dead the fodder is alive and it's alive and it has enormous amounts of vitamins enzymes and minerals in it that allow it to eat more of the bio bio material that it's eating it allows them to utilize more of what they eat and get more out of it with less energy mm-hmm which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to put on weight on the animal. We're trying to, we're trying to um, make sure that the, the, the fat isn't gross because they ate, you know, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, soybeans and corn and, and uh, fast calories. Um, you're looking at it because that fodder, whether it's wheat or ra- a barley, doesn't matter what your base substrate is. You can add a whole bunch of other seeds and everything to it to make your own mixes. And I've made my own mixes for, for pigs and for cows and for chickens and, you know, we developed all kinds of different methods for that. But the thing is, at $91 a ton versus $450 to $700 a ton, and I've seen it upwards of $1,000 a ton for some people in some parts of the country mm-hmm. to get pig feed. At $91 a ton and you grow it yourself every day, man, you can't beat that. Yeah. You cannot beat that. And 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 uh, the vitamins and enzymes in fodder is just um, unbelievable. Um, because it's a live product you're eating it and they're eating the roots too right exactly. so when they're out there on the pasture all they get is the greens they're not getting the roots they do get some of the roots when they're eating if you watch a cow i mean i had to sit down and do this but i watched a cow i watched horses i watched rams i watched all of them graze they get a certain amount of the root mass um because that's why you have to keep replanting but in a fodder system they get all of the root mass yeah. that's where all of the goodies are and What's neat is you can, and I love to do this. I'll go right, walk right up to my fodder machine, open the door, reach in, snatch a handful of uh, fodder out of there, and I start eating it by the roots. Right. I mean, you know, uh, wheat and barley are really, uh, wheat is really, really bitter. I mean, the first time I <laughs> had some gal tell me, hey, you have this wheatgrass thing. Right. This smoothie thing. And I took a <laughs> drink of that and I'm like, Jesus, that's horrible. Right. And, um, you know, I, I'm like, nah, that, I thought that was going to taste good. And she's like, well, it does. I said, nah, that doesn't taste for shit. And so I was like, well, you know, we could fix that. So that's when I started utilizing um, our barley and, we, I mean, our wheat. We started utilizing the root mass in there. And the root mass took that edge right off of that bitterness. And boom, it, I mean, now, it's, now you can eat it. Yeah. Uh, now you can eat it, drink it or whatever. And it's really, really good. But I couldn't eat it because the beans just have too much bitterness in them. But the animals are used to that. Right. But right. then when they start getting the, the root mass, that's when the cows will try to kill you to get over. I mean, uh, I, I had a friend of mine. I told him, I said, when you start feeding them fodder, he said, you need to get out of that pen. And he's laughing. Like, oh, I don't have any problem with that. You know, it's the guy with the with a thousand pound board says this is his best friend and just give him 2,500 2, stitches in his leg. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, he went out there, started feeding them fodder, and then the cows, all of a sudden, when they knew they were getting fed, you know, yeah. here comes 80,000 pounds of beef flying at you, and 
and he got stomped, <laughs> literally stomped. Yeah. Um, they stomped him into the ground, and he came back out and said, yeah, that won't ever happen. Right. right. Um, and so I was just like, well, that's the thing. See, the animals know when they eat it, they feel better. They don't have um, – all my pigs, I can eliminate all of the, the medicines. We get eliminate all the meds because of that. Yeah. Because the fodder. $2,500 worth of meds, you know, for, you know, 2,000 pigs a year, you know, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And if you can eliminate that, now you're making money on the backside. Right. Yeah. That's part of your profit. Yeah. That's part of our group. That's why we, we really try hard to have people, you know, take care of their pigs and do the proper deworming and all that because it helps them make money. Yeah. And those are all important key things. And when you add them all up, the little things add up to big things. Exactly. Yeah. Especially- and that's where, you know, it allows us to help and try to continue on. I mean, that's why I still answer. I still answer questions at two o'clock in the morning if somebody calls and some gal's calling and crying because her pig is doing this and that at two o'clock in the morning and she doesn't know who to call. And, and her husband's at work and he's doing a third shift job and, I mean, I love to help all those people. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do that on a daily basis. So yeah. we try to help them, you know, by pushing them in the right direction. And the fodder systems, one of the things about the new fodder systems, I'm developing a new one that will be available in the spring that is much cheaper, will produce more product, and uh, has a lot of new technical innovations that none of the other systems out there have. Mm-hmm. So um, we're trying real hard, but I had to – since I sold my American fodder box, I had to, I had to sign an OPEAT clause for two years. So mm. I'm just about up and this spring I will be able to have, um, be able to sell fodder systems again. Wow. And what I've done is I've come out, I've, I've actually been developing and working on a whole new system. And, um, um, and it'll look a lot like the blue cube, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's really key. And, and, you know, and one thing I want to say, um, very important, uh, Troy, is that, mm-hmm. you know, I was watching the answers. Uh, I was watching the questions in your in your post and I was seeing what the, the questions were. And uh, um, there was Kevin Gull. Mm-hmm. Kevin Gull was answering the questions on, on the feed feed ratios and, and stuff like that. And what I really want you to know is that Kevin Gull, um, he is. um he's a really amazing guy for one thing. Uh, he knows more about pigs and forgot more about pigs than all of the people combined in all the five pig groups. <laughs> um, uh, I, he may not know anything about anything else, but he knows pigs. Yeah. I mean, he's won hundreds and hundreds of, of shows, national shows on Durox and he owned, he still has some records that out there that haven't been beat um, in terms of the, in, in the swine world. And he is unbelievable. Uh, a font of knowledge and uh uh he he won't lead you astray he just tells you right up front yeah and um yeah and he's got kind of a he, he doesn't have a real good bedside manner but uh but <laughs> wait a you minute, know wait a minute is that the pot calling I, the kettle black there <laughs> well isn't that funny <laughs> that's hilarious isn't it i think it's i think it's pig um, people yeah we we all kind of end yeah. up that way <laughs> yeah i don't have a i don't have a good bedside manner either but but um but may, but maybe though I mean I don't I don't know but you know Kevin knows his stuff yeah. and and he can give you ten different answers that could be helpful in one way or another I mean he helped me solve a huge problem when I was just starting out with the uh, recreation of the Swabian and it was a huge problem and and uh, 
And he knew it. He, he knew exactly what was wrong. I solved the problem after I had used three vets, went through three posts, went through multiple systems and found out that not a single vet knew what they were talking about. Right. And then I called and talked to him and he told me exactly what the problem was. And boom, I gave the pigs a shot. Next thing you know, I didn't lose another one. Yeah. Um, but I, I, but I was, you know, I talked to Kevin and I spoke um, about the, uh, see, and, and, and he, he was the one of the guys who actually, um, I mean, he is the guy who actually saved the Mangalitsa from complete annihilation here in the United States. Mm, wow. And uh, he's the one who was um, doing all the breeding. And guys, guys don't know that, and he, he may not want to say that either, but, um, but I think he needs to get some credit where credit's due. I mean, the guy, is, he's good. Wow. But when yeah. he tells you that they need to use this percentage and that percentage and whatever, nuts on. Yeah. I mean, he knows what the hell he's talking about. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I, I just let him take when, – when they start asking questions, I just let him go because he's, he, he's, uh, he's so, so, uh, so good at it. He knows it's so cold that I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to, you know, I want them to have the best information that they can get. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I have a lot of other, um, we have a lot of other pig people too. I mean, our admins in our group, um, Rachel, Lindsay, um, uh, uh, Walter, mm-hmm. uh, Walter Jeffries. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's an idiot savant when it comes to pigs. <laughs> um, you know, you know, like I say, <laughs> but Walter started getting into video and started doing other weird things. And I'm just, I'm not sure we're all ready for that yet. But, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, but um, you know, but I'm gonna let Walter go because uh, you never know. I mean, there's some you never know what'll come out of that. But he's, the, I I got to give a guy credit though, like Greg Gunthorpe, and uh, and and Walter. Walter built his own processing USDA processing mm-hmm. facility. Yep. I mean, he built it. Him and his kids. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, with enough determination and enough crazy, you can make anything happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's that's the thing that 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 I just want to under, underscore and stress is the fact that we've got these guys and gals that are this qualified and have this much experience and this much um, input to offer, and they're offering it for free on this on this group. And that's why uh, anybody listening, if you're not part of the Pasture Pigs from Eating Profit group, man, you got to get on that because it is a wellspring of information. And and like you said, Carl, people are willing to to surrender this information that um, that is just you know it, it's their resource of knowledge they have, and they're they're willing to to share it and to to guide and to lead. They they may you know use a velvet hammer instead of a gentle touch, but it's <laughs> it's still really quality information. And and uh, and it's yeah, it's fantastic. It's been an incredible resource. We, we really try hard um, to we, – we got people that come in and, and with preconceived notions or things from pet pig groups. And they've learned a lot of bad mm-hmm. a lot of bad habits and a lot of bad things and a lot of things that they find out that aren't true when they come into our group that, you know, they, um, they want to hold to that kind of stuff rather than try to learn um, about deworming and, right. you know, all the different things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. You know, they bring in preconceived notions and then we – you know, then we speak the truth to them and they're like, well, that's not the truth. Well, go back to the other pig groups. Right. Yeah. But we have people that want to come in. They want to learn. They want to learn mainstream. They want to learn uh, how to make it so that they can make a profit. Yeah. Um, other people. I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people in there that raise uh, the midget pigs like Cooney Coonies mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Well, they're not money pigs. 
But they do want to raise them for their own use at home and stuff. And they want to know how to take care of them and how to solve problems. And, you know, and so I, uh, we, we welcome all those people as well. It's just that when they want to start talking about, well, you know, I'm not making money with my pig because of this and this and this. Well, we've already told you you're not going to make money with that pig. <laughs> right. um, you know, we told you this last year and the year before that. Um, then you've got the other, then on the flip side of the coin, you've got people that will send me a text and say, oh, my God, Carl, we, we've, we followed everything we've learned in the group. We've implemented everything we've learned here. We're now making money. Um, our pigs are feeding our family. We're making money every month. We have these things going on. And we couldn't have had our litters if somebody hadn't answered the phone at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all these things going on that help these people. And we're doing it, yeah, as you say, we're doing it for free. And I'm not sure why we keep doing it for free, but, you know, and I do that by not having advertisements. And, and you're the only one of the only ones that I ever let advertise on, on our group because I feel that you, you really important place, no matter whether it's the group or whether it's, you know, in the swine world or whatever. But I, I feel that uh, the work that you're doing is just as important as what we're doing. Well, I appreciate so I, I think getting the word out there is a big deal. Yeah. And so, uh, but I don't have a lot of, I don't advertise. We don't let people sell a bunch of stuff on there every now and then, you know, I'll try to sell a few things on there for us, but that's, you know, I, um, I, I do feel like, uh, uh, um, we need to be able to do something to keep up for our time, but yeah. I am, there's no way to monetize it and I'm not going to. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, I think that's but, great. And then, and just like I said, it's an incredible resource and, and uh, it, it is it is incredible value for all of us to have, and, and the uh, the sentiment across the board is, you come here, you you no nonsense, no BS, but you're going to get good quality information. That's right. Cool. That's well, right. And 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 to be not kind of uh, you know silly and funny, and because I know we have a really weird sense of humor, <laughs> most of the pigs people do. Right. Um, uh, Kevin will crack a joke, and nobody will get it. <laughs> um, except three of us and then we'll be, you know, but the thing is, is, is that, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, uh, because we're the absurdity of pigs. They're just funny. They're cute. They're lovable. They're all the weird things, but they also taste delicious. Yes, exactly. So it's a whole dichotomy of, uh, you know, good, bad, evil, <laughs> evil, good, whatever you want to go into it. Um, <laughs> You know, there's 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 a lot of things that uh, we do in the in the pig groups that that, that are different from other pig groups, right? So, yeah, good. And stuff. and all my buddies, uh, all of my admins and stuff are all members of the other groups, just so they can know what's going on and yeah. and uh, how they feel on. And they and they do answer questions and and uh, I appreciate every single one of them like, extremely. You know, for putting in their time and effort and and uh, really really helping the group uh, become what it is. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. You know, and so anyway, good deal. Well, I, I don't want to keep you much longer. I, I do want to obviously give you the opportunity. If, if people want to know more about the blue cube and of course all the other stuff going on, do you have a centralized spot where they can go to the internet and, and find you? Well, I did have, um, I, I did have it set up with my, uh, uh, Blake.net. Mm -hmm. If you go to www.blake.net, I had, um, all of my, links and stuff set up on there but it's not available right this minute okay but by um by later on uh this evening or tomorrow you'll be able to go to www.blake.net and uh it'll point you to all the <clears throat> the different uh our different programs like the blue yeah. cube with mochil our company's called mochil m-o-c-h-i-l-l.net okay 
And that is uh, Mochil.net is where we'll have all of our um, ice cold storage products and stuff. Cool. And then uh, Rustic Rooster Meats is where all of our meats can be found, um, all of kind of meats. Craft Pork is where all of our um, um, all of our charcuterie and sausages and craft pork and aged meats and stuff like that. That'll all be at craftpork.com. Okay. Um, American Hot Box, www.americanhotbox.com. That's where you go to um, get farmer's tools and stuff right now. Um, uh, you'll be able to see like the tool, the de-herring tool and other things like that. Yeah. Those are all offered on the American Hot Box page. Um, so good deal. There's probably, probably more porkportal.com. Okay. Um, that's another website that we have the points, but back to, um, craft pork, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's all coming together. Uh, it's, it takes a lot of work to try to funnel all this stuff together, but, um, but we're getting there. So good deal. Watch, watch for us in the next few weeks, plus all the classes. Um, oh yeah, I was going to tell you. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready to release all these classes that we're doing. Um, I'm doing classes on on pork, like class. You'll have a class on castration. You'll have a class on uh, uh, farrowing. You'll have a class on you know uh, uh, how to raise little pigs. There'll be ten or twelve different classes, and you'll be able to get on those and online and download them uh, or watch them direct uh, right from uh, my. Uh, I'm, I'm using a product called Learn Desk. Hmm. LearnDesk.com, and LearnDesk allows me to uh, build my actual classes, uh, uh, syllabus, with all the classes and everything all built in, and I can do videos and I can do them live. So when we do our classes every year, where we have people come in and learn how to smoke roast pigs, we actually have them come in and uh, and uh, um, they go to class here. But the classes will be shown live, and you'll be able to watch it live over the web. Or you'll be able to download the class and watch it at home. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. What another great resource. Yeah. 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 Cool. So I mean, we're transitioning to video and stuff, sort of like Walter is, but I don't know. I think Walter's got kind of crazy with it because I saw him <laughs> doing all kinds of silly things like quadcopters and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I want to see him up in the mountains and standing on top of a UAV flying over his pigs. Right, right. But, yeah. but just, uh, just if it happens, it happens, yeah. you know. <laughs> I hear you. But uh, yeah. And the classes and stuff I think will be great because I'll teach classes like on how to sharpen knives. We're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna have classes that do all the kind of all the weird stuff that I do, like building motorcycles, painting cars, um, you know, all those kinds of things. Cool. It'll be I'll just do a class and I'll do an hour long class and then, uh, you know, and then um, keep adding on classes as we go. Yeah, sounds great, man. That's so, great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and and uh, I'll. Uh, I'll definitely post all this information down here in the uh, show notes so people can find out about it if they're interested. But if you guys want to reach out to Carl, obviously he's a, he's on the on the group and, and uh, is very quick to yep. respond. So, well, Carl, man, I appreciate you coming on and hope you have a great Thanks, day. Troy. All right, so there we go. There was Carl. So uh, appreciate him giving that update. And <laughs> again, he's got a lot more going on in the last three months. So appreciate that. It was funny. There's, um, <laughs> there's a situation where uh, trying to be as productive as possible. I posted, I think, on the group last week that, hey, guys, this week we're going to hit the 100th episode with our special guest, Carl Blake. And, of course, you know, I'm, I'm a week late on that, obviously. But what was hilarious is Carl sent me a message like, I am? I've got nothing scheduled with you. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I probably should let you know. No, it's it's something we recorded back in December. I said, that's that's kind of how I've got these things scheduled. And I said, I wanted to save you for the 100th and all that. And he's like, oh, okay, man, scared me. He said, I thought I'd totally miss something going on there because I think I even mentioned that the podcast would be live like in the next 24 hours. But anyway, so, yeah, nice to uh, scare the crap out of him thinking he'd missed an appointment. Well, I appreciate, as I said, I appreciate everyone. This this 100th episode, I think, is a pretty cool benchmark. Uh, I don't know what the next key benchmark is. I don't know if it's 200 or 150 or 500. I don't know. We're just going to go. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. We're just going to see how we can keep going with this. Uh, just just want to have you guys keep giving me input. Uh, I'd love to... Um, I'd love to just just get some ideas on what we need to do to expand this and make it even better. And uh, at some point realize it it can't just be me either. Uh, you know, one person can only do so much. So um, if there's opportunities for additional voices, then I would like to have that discussion going. But I know there's some really good stuff going out there. There's some stories that haven't been told yet that uh, some of y'all have been been really working your butts off uh, raising pigs on pasture and coming up with new innovations in that area. So if you haven't had a chance to talk to me and you want, you don't, you don't even have to want, if you don't mind being interviewed and coming on the podcast, just, just drop a note. Um, let me know if you don't, if you don't have an issue with just hanging out and talking in a conversation with me, it'll just be recorded for audio and that's how it goes. So it's pretty simple. There's no uh, surprise questions. I try not to trick anybody or trap anybody with uh, what they've got going on. So just really want to have a casual conversation about what your experiences are in this area. Again, think about uh, supporting us on Patreon if you have not. I know that ebbs and flows that um, yeah, I appreciate all the people that have supported. Man, there's some people out there that have been supporting since the beginning. And I can't thank you all enough. And I know I don't want to embarrass people and say their names, but also want to give them credit. So I think at some point we're going to have to come up with a way to to really uh, acknowledge those that have been uh, supporting since day one and those that have also been been in for the long haul as well. And I know that ebbs and flows and, and that some have to drop support and some can come back. So that's fine. Uh, again, not uh, you don't have to be all in all the time. The, the support helps. It helps me uh, uh, cover the cost of some of the monthly expenses and uh, upgrading as we need to uh, hard drives. You know, uh, the hard drive space is taken up by the podcast, all that type of thing but I appreciate everybody's support. I pray everyone have a great week and spring is finally here uh, officially on the calendar. Uh, And even today, as I'm recording this bumper, it is a gorgeous day and I hate to be sitting in here looking outside the office window into the pastures and everything that's going on. So I'm going to get off here and go out and play in those. (laughs) All right, y'all take care. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. To learn more about our podcast or to submit topics or recommend guests for future episodes, visit redtoolhouse.com.